Hey guys, Lance Erline here. We're Houston. We're the city of champions. How about I give you another champion? If you've suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. They're champions. Free consultations are available 24-7. Dial 713-CALL-NOW. That's 713-CALL-NOW and DaspitLaw.com. He was sitting on his couch in Philadelphia a few weeks ago. Can he tie the game with 34 seconds left? Texans fall to six and five. But I can't be really sad. Because you see, life's a game. You sometimes win or lose. And though I may be down right now, at least I don't work for John and Lance from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. All right. 802. Rockets tonight. How about this? When the in-season tournament came out, we gave the Rockets zero chance. They win tonight. They're the, the, the Group B champions. 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 And what's being called the Group of Death. Well, I don't know. Denver doesn't look like... Group? I don't know. Good, well, you Denver mean our, doesn't look deathly anymore. You mean our personal who? Denver? You mean yeah. the Nuggets yeah. are personal who? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, so big deal. Just because Jokic scores 40, that's not better than Baby J's. I mean, yes, while I will tell you the box score looks better, who's having a bigger impact on winning? Baby J. Yeah. More than the finals MVP? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the league three-time MVP? I think two times. Two-time MVP. Probably should have won it a third time yeah, last year. Won it, yeah. We make the Nuggets our bees. Certainly at home you do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, they are our bees. And got Dallas tonight. What's the latest on Luca? Yeah, Luca hurt his knee, hurt his hand on James Harden's knee, so maybe James did us a favor. Thank you, James. Uh, um, he has a thumb sprain, MRI confirms. I don't know if he'll play tonight, but certainly it would help the Rockets' cause as they try to advance to the quarterfinals if Luka's not available tonight. Brad O says this, the Rockets' defensive rating of 100. 106.0. It's currently the best the NBA has seen in the past three seasons. Defensive rating. Okay. Defensive rating of 106. The last time Houston had a better defensive rating was in 2017 and 18 when they won 65 games. You know, I don't know if I can, watching this happen, I don't know if I can just automatically co-sign that everything. James Harden team. They had 105.6 rating. They were surprisingly good defensively. They really were. That's not like James. well they had, they were very switchable. When was and they had James. They were switchable. They were they were a team that Well, yeah, PJ Tucker. Well, wait, which year was this? 1718. I think it was the air. Oh no, I think uh Ariza was, was there, uh, right? Was was Chris Paul? Yeah, that yeah, was, that was Chris, Chris Paul year. And Ariza would have been there who could switch off and be long on players. You had Clint Capella. Um yeah, but this team is I don't know. Maybe maybe that team did play. Maybe James, because other than James, I think they did play defense. So um, it's kind of hard to get behind the notion that, well, it just takes, you know, this is going to be a process to be a good defensive team. The, the Rockets have gone from bad defensive team to good defensive team, literally in one year. In one year, it's changed everything. So I don't know if it, I don't know if you should just assume that everything is like a two and three year runway to get people to play defense. No. It's bringing some new guys in and then demanding more. Mm-hmm. And then there you have it. it that, that, These guys are all athletic enough to play defense. Uh, and Shingun is smart enough to play defense. He's not a great athlete. Or he's not an explosive athlete. But he just was. He just the effort didn't care different. as much. The, effort the effort's is just way different, different for Shingun. Different. Different. He cares more. And in that podcast, what we probably won't play is, in the podcast with uh, Paul George, he talks about that he was actually a guy who – he was really sullen when they would lose in Turkey. You weren't allowed. You know, it was not. If you lost, there was no laughing. There was no jokes. There was no games. You you went in. You practiced. You played ball. He said when he got with the Rockets, he began to see that he could have fun all the time, even after losses. No. You had fun. And that's like, and then he realized, eh, this isn't. That's not- we're not supposed to be having fun after losses. And he said he's going back to the way he was when he was a Turkey. And he said that's how it is in the locker room now. It's not. You don't have fun after losses, yep. which, hello, I mean, imagine that. You don't have fun after losses. Uh, Bleacher Report, and let's see if you guys agree, put out the seven most 
overrated players in the NBA. Jordan Poole is one. Jordan Poole he is, is not overrated. Every day, every time they play, there's clips of him being foolish and people just <laughs> taking him to task. He's not overrated. Well, no he thinks he's good. Oh, yeah, people do think have thought he's good. Who thinks he's good now? Well, streets. The, the streets are the ones that are killing him. Well, depends on which streets. The uh, streets and Katie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, well... Now that he's, now that he's, uh, I mean, he just, I don't know. People thought he was good going into last season because he he was on that final team. He had some moments, but he was bad after he got punched. He's not. He's got a hundred forty million dollar contract. Well, he's obviously well, overrated. Well, well, by the Warriors, and they got good. rid of he him. He was bad they after he him. got punched. Doesn't sound right. Well, he was bad after he got punched. He hasn't been the same since. No, he and maybe it's just because maybe Draymond, maybe Draymond did all that. You know who else they got overrated? Clay Thompson. Yes, he's not good anymore. Well, well, the fact of the matter is he's never there, for one. And so that that's another problem. Um, so Andrew Wiggins, they got as, as, as one of the most... A lot over- of wa- warriors are ex-warriors. Or right. Well, there's a couple of rockets in there, too. Okay. Uh, one is Dylan Brooks. Who's uh, played and, well oh, yeah. this year. Yeah, Eric Gordon is one. Wait, how is Dylan Brooks overrated now? When he was completely in the trash heap as far as right. his reputation they're in the offseason. They're looking at money being contract. paid. They're looking okay. at contract. Dylan Brooks so desperately seems to want to make Dylan Brooks a thing. He refers to himself in villainous fashion, calls out big-name opponents, plays with no shortage of look-at-me flair, and seems to generate a strange level of headline ubiquity for someone who actually hasn't been particularly effective this on is either carryover. end of the floor. But this is, now, okay. that's not true. Number one, it's not First even, of all, they haven't true. even paid attention this yeah. year. Yeah. This is an article, this guy had that in his drafts on, Yeah, that probably. guy had that in his drafts uh, ready to send based on last year. I would have said that sounds perfect headed into this year, but the way he's played, if you look at right now how he's played, none of that's accurate. Yeah. He shot the three well, he's been a good teammate, he's had an impact on winning, like none of that's accurate right now. Yeah, uh, and then they've got. He's also got Jalen Green, uh, tantalizing per game numbers and scoring upside. Still just twenty one. Green is coming off a season in which he's scored twenty two. He's now got. He's averaging nineteen point two, four point four, and two point nine assists per contest for a Rockets uh, out outfit firmly in the mix of the Western Conference playoff picture. Except Green's fifty three point eight true shooting percentage and inability to play palatable defense made him a negative as a sophomore. That story has rung true once again in the early stages of this campaign. His true shooting percentage has stagnated, uh, both because he's shooting 45.8% on two-pointers and 33.3 from beyond the arc. And he's posting a worse assist to turnover ratio while continuing to struggle, uh, albeit a bit less on the on, uh, preventing end. Uh I, I've I've seen actually improvement this year in Jalen, haven't you? I mean, his uh, shooting is not good. Uh, improvement in uh, well, what regard? His last few games actually, yeah, he's been he's been he's been better. I think Jalen is uh, Jalen's just trying to figure out who he is now after being on a team. He didn't have Fred VanVleet. He didn't have Dylan Brooks. He had yeah. no veteran leadership. Really, he's figuring out who he is on a team with structure and. I think that includes not just how you approach it, but when does he get his shots? Where does he get his shots from? I think Jalen's trying to figure that out. So I think he's been fine. He's played within the structure of what you wanted. Um, I think that's been huge for him is is what Ime Udoka has asked him to do. He's done. He's played within that structure. He's not taking outrageously bad shots like he would on some occasions. And... Uh, I don't want to give him too much credit for just playing ball the way it's supposed to be played, but in a way, yeah, it's one of the reasons. He does have moments where he can be explosive. He's still a guy who can go get 30 in any given game. Yeah. No question. No, he's better this year. He's better this year. He he did sit in the entire fourth quarter. I think those are wake-up calls. Jabari Smith sat early on. Now you look at Jeff Green's minutes, not so much. Mm-hmm. Now you look at Jalen Green after he's sitting the entire fourth quarter, coach's decision. Teachable moments. Yeah, te- that's right. And now you and, and you and it's a little bit of a wake up call for the kid for, for young players that are like, hmm. It's I've weird better. to have a real head coach at <laughs> for the Rockets. It's crazy. I mean, Silas, nice guy. I, I think we're contractually obligated to talk about how nice he is. Um good guy, nice guy. Okay. I've got my yeah. contractually obligated positive references. As a head coach, 
terrible for the Rockets. Yes. Just terrible in every regard. And there were people who wanted him to get another year because it wasn't fair. He wasn't given anything. Like, he was given a ton of young talent. He just didn't mold them properly. And I'm not saying they were ready to win, but they should have won way more than they won with Steven Silas. They just, they weren't, there was no, there was no discipline there. Nothing at all. So it was, uh, it was a little bit dis- uh, disappointing. Um, when we come back, I want to get back into the Texans and where you are at the Texans now. There was so much excitement. I got to tell you, having them slip out of the playoffs, I don't, and now you're facing a team in Denver this week who's on a heater, five straight wins, um, decent defense, decent offense, well-coached. You have to have this one. Mm-hmm. You have to have this one because the narrative, you lose this one, uh, your, your second in a row at home, the whole narrative on the on the Texans were they're, they're headed up. They they got a chance to win a division. All you got to do is beat Jacksonville. Boy, did that did that run away in a hurry? Yeah, it did. If you make that field goal, you're in you're in a catbird seat to win a division. Well, if you win in overtime, you're in the can. Yeah, yeah, that would have been an overtime. You're right, right. Uh, so now I got to talk right now about uh, again. And by the way, bottom of the hour, uh, ship talk. You don't want to miss. We got a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, right now, though, I'm talking about Artisan Grange again, and I'm talking about your dip habit. And I'm, uh, there's not a woman alive that likes a guy that dips. Not a woman alive. It just, t- sorry, just doesn't happen. If she does, then mm, I don't know. It's rough. She's rough, that one. Here's the deal is it's gross. It's dangerous. You're putting tobacco between your shaking gum. You're you got uh, there's possibility and it's happened. Don't don't. I mean, oh yeah, whatever. It's not da- it's dangerous. Okay, I've seen guys have issues. Not I mean bad issues from dipping for years and years and years. Go ahead, put tobacco in that same spot between your cheek and gum, and think and see how that's going to work out for you. No, it's not cool. It's not good. How about Earl Campbell couldn't them? be right on everything. Not everything. Not everything. Um, and who was the Cowboys, uh, uh, put pinch between your cheek? And that was, that was Earl Campbell. No, it was also the Cowboys. Uh, oh, they probably had two of them. Yeah. Fullback. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't Randy White. It wasn't, wasn't Randy White. I'll, I'll think of it. Anyway, it, it's something that you need to stop and you can do it with 975dip.com or you can go to CBD American Shaman stores, select stores and pick Walt it up. Garrison. There. Walt Garrison. That's right. And if you're looking for. If you're looking for the best way to get out of that dip right now, let's go. 975dip.com. That's 975dip.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter patter. It's a hard life picking stones and pulling teats, but sure as God's got sandals, it beats fighting dudes with treasure trails. Currently, in the Veritex Community Bank Studios, one is a renowned forensic blood splatter expert. The other, an appointed master of haberdashery. It's John and Lance. It was not Raphael Septien. Okay, it was Walt Garrison. A pinch between your cheek and gum. That's what that's what Walt Garrison do. It's back when we had commercials telling kids, y'all need to dip. Y'all need to dip. You need to smoke. And then you took Tony Gwynn's jaw from him. Yeah, you see Four. what happened to Tony Gwynn? And and you think I'm lying? Tony Gwynn, American hero, and mm-hmm. look what happened. Okay, stop already. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. You guys want to get in? Talk about anything that we talked about? Dell and I talked a little college football yesterday. I thought Ryan Day might be an option here at the University of Houston. If Ryan Day got, if if he got the axe, bring him on. Yeah, Let's go. I yeah. take Ryan Day. Sure, I would too. Yeah, I would too. It's three straight losses to Michigan. They don't like that they kind of like stuff that. there. They don't like that kind of stuff there. My has how the worm has turned over there. It was Ohio State beating the brakes off yep. Michigan forever, and now they can't. They just they can't beat Michigan. Michigan's just too much for them. Um, credit to Jim Harbaugh and what he's built over there with that program. Ohio State had some, and how he built it. He's done it clean. Well, I think he's I think he's built it in a good way. I just think that some renegade named Oh a renegade? some renegade. A renegade. Jim Harbaugh didn't know what was going didn't know any of that stuff happened. A renegade. Yes. Hmm. Some renegade was doing stuff, him and a linebacker coach. 
and they're the they're the ones. Yeah. It wasn't Harbaugh or anyone else. No one else in that building knew. Hmm. It was just the linebacker coach and. Uh, in fact, I think we heard that Harbaugh destroyed the computers the one time. Uh, he went back there and made a ruckus, destroyed the computers. Oh, Did no, the computers? That's, that's A.J. Hinch, sorry. Oh. So, oh. A different guy. That's altogether. a different guy. Okay. You've got to stop doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. Um, man, what what an absolute crazy. So I was thinking about this. My family, obviously, is looking at how can Texas get in a national championship game. Here's the only way it happens. There's only one way. It involves Florida State must lose. It starts with Florida State must lose to Louisville. They mm-hmm. must, or there's, there's, or you're not going to have any chance. Now you have to have if if Florida State were to lose to Louisville, you have to have Georgia. You basically have to have all the favorites win. Uh, uh, Washington needs to beat Oregon. Georgia, Washington won't be a favorite, I don't think. But Washington needs to beat Oregon. Um, Georgia has to beat Alabama. You need to have, what's the other one? Michigan has to win. So you have to have the big ones. Michigan, Washington, and Georgia win. And then Texas would have to move ahead of Ohio State. They'd have to move ahead of Oregon, which they would, ahead of Florida State, which they would. Uh, And that's it. And Texas could get in if that scenario takes place. I expect Texas to get in. Texas obviously has to win also. You expect Texas to win if? To get in, if Florida State loses, yeah. Washington wins, Georgia wins, and Michigan wins, who else would be ahead of them? Um, a two-loss Oregon team won't be. Yeah, Alabama would be out. Alabama would be out. Florida State would be out. They'd match them up and say Texas would Big be in. 12 champion against but one-loss Ohio State. But it only happens if all those favorites win, Texas wins. And, I and, think Texas they needs some style points, too. And though. Louisville wins. Well, I just don't know who would get in ahead of them. The only one that's up for debate, as you say, Ohio State, a Big 12 champion, Texas, you would yeah. imagine would get in Two over one-loss one loss Ohio State. Beat Alabama at yeah. Alabama. Well, that's just it. Is yeah. the, the Alabama win at Alabama is a huge one. With Bama playing the way they have been, that, that win has really continued to mean more and more and more. So, And then beating Kansas State, even though, you know, I, I think in, in real life – and the. Number played out about where it was. Texas is only about three point favorite, but um, beating Kansas State, a Kansas State team that has some good wins um, and has played well, that's that's actually a, a good win for them as well. Um, they beat Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State has picked up some pretty good wins. Do you think Ohio State in this in this upcoming CFP poll drops behind Texas? No. I don't think so either. No, they'll be ahead of Texas. So Texas will need the, the but, data point of beating Oklahoma State to jump ahead. Texas needs the style points of beating up on – yeah, Texas needs to win that game, I think, by 10 points or more. I think Ohio State falls to probably uh, fifth, sixth. Six, Oregon. I think you don't, you don't mind having them in, in striking position. Let me tell you now, if Oregon beats Washington, Washington's gone. You think I don't so? think Washington sticks around. I think the college football playoffs cannot fathom the idea of having – that Florida State team with no Jordan Travis making the national championship, making the college football playoffs. It is going to be horrific. You can't hold them out, though, if they win. Yeah, I don't think you can. No, you can't. I, but, but can you imagine having them in ahead of Ohio State and knowing that you're making the college football playoffs worse? Yeah. Because you are. But I feel for the Florida State fans. But, you know, college basketball did it with at least with the one seed. With Cincinnati, they said, nope. We're not giving Cincinnati the one seat. Everyone knew they were the best team in college basketball, but but the difference is Cincinnati lost their conference tournament championship. They were knocked out, and uh, then they were able to to kick them out of a one seed when when Kenyon Martin was injured. This is Jordan Travis. Like Florida State has no prayer. Here's the thing: if without Florida, Jordan Travis, Jordan Travis on the field, I'd probably say Florida State's still the way everyone's playing, the eighth best team in the country. I think I think they'd be be behind four, three four three one lost teams. I know big. I know power five. You win it. You're undefeated. You get in. But but that's I think the unsaid thing. Florida State's even with Jordan Travis on the field, they're probably not better than seven teams that are that they'd be going up against. But they they would make it because you win the ACC. You're undefeated. You get in. That offensive line's not great. Um, now with Tate Rodemaker in there, we know they got problems. The wide receivers. Oddly enough, become neutralized because you have that you have that soft tossing quarterback in there. It would be 
mostly because of their 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 off the line, they get run off the field. They wouldn't be able to block anybody. Whoever they face, they're not going to be able to block anybody. So it would be a one versus four, one of those semifinals that gets out of hand really early. If they face Georgia, you should pray for Tate Rodemaker. Pray for that kid because that offensive line can't block no, Georgia. No, it'll be terrible. It'll be TCU against Georgia. It'll be awful. It'll be awful. We can't have that. We can't have Florida State playing in the, in the uh, college football playoff. This would be the perfect year. Honestly, there are a lot of good teams. If Oregon and Washington both deserve to be there, Ohio State deserves to be there. You know, if Ohio State was in it, are you saying that they couldn't make a run? Notre Dame. No, not Notre I thought, Dame. well, we usually put Notre Dame well, in. Well, we do, but not this year. There are so many teams that, that would this would be a great year for, and I think it's going to continue to be this way. Teams are going to come up with NIL money, and there's going, we're going to have a lot of good football teams. And I think the 12 team is going to be really, really good. It's not like, hey, listen, I think Georgia's come back to the pack. I don't think Georgia's like, not nearly as dominant as they have been in the past. Oh, I think Michigan's the best team in college football, and it's not, everyone wants to say Georgia out of, but if you watch, if you've actually watched Michigan the whole year, now I am curious about if Michigan's going to be able to throw the ball effectively, consistently. But Michigan's got a good quarterback. They got two good running backs. They lost Zach Zinter, their right guard, who's really good. But they've had a good offensive line that will be a finalist for the Joe Moore Awards again. They've got, you know, it's not, they don't have a headline star defensively like they've had with Aiden Hutchinson. But I think Michigan is probably, no one's as good as the Georgia teams. Like the top end teams are not as good as what we've seen in the past. But I do think Michigan might be better than Georgia. And I think Michigan, Georgia, and Oregon, to me, are the three best teams in college football. And then from there, I think it's really up for debate. Uh, I don't know if Quinn Ewers is back enough physically. The arm, does the arm look the same to you? I don't think there's as much velocity on his passes. No. I don't think the arm looks the same. You lost Brooks, your running back. Um, but Texas has a shot. I, I don't know. I just... I don't know who that next up. I think Ohio State has a definitely has an argument to still be in the mix for at number. That's what I'm four. saying. I think. This and you know, if Alabama wins, Georgia has to stay in, right? You have to have two SEC yeah, teams yeah. in. You can't have Alabama win and them not. But look where they are. They're at eight. They have to leapfrog to at least number four. Yeah, yep. No, Alabama's in. If Probably three, and Georgia goes to four. Michigan will win. They'd be in at one. And then I guess two would be the winner of Washington, Oregon, and Florida State would be out. So you give Alabama – I actually give Alabama a shot. I, I give do. them an outside shot. Yeah, I give them a shot, yeah. You do? I do. Yeah. Milrose played better. He's a running quarterback, which is always a – you know, are they good enough to beat Georgia In a one-gamer? Sure. I would – like if this was a two-week – if Georgia had two weeks to prepare, no, I think they'd mash them. But in a one-game – like a one-week normally to prepare, yeah, I think they got a shot. Who, is, who do you think are the four best teams in college football? Ooh, I would, Regardless of whatever wins, like if you had to say these are the four that I think would make the best If playoffs. I could uh, make my fantasy four, I would go Georgia, Michigan, Oregon. And honestly, I think Alabama's – Better now than Texas, but because of the head-to-head, I'd probably throw Texas in there. Well, I'm asking who no, you would now. A, I think Alabama might be I, yeah. I think Alabama's better than Texas. Right with no Jonathan Brooks. They're a different team. Alabama's yeah. a different team. I, right with now. no Jonathan Brooks at Texas, I'd probably throw Alabama's top four. And then Washington's probably five. Washington's five. Washington, I don't want to say they're fraudulent 12-0, and 0, but Washington is not. Washington won against Oregon because Oregon missed them. Yeah. Dan Lanning didn't take points on the board. Like Dan Lanning kind of screwed that one up. Against yeah, and they've Washington. like they've played Oregon. They Oregon barely St- got by Washington State. Yeah, they've wheezed down the stretch. They've won their last. Now Oregon State on the road's a tough place to play, and they won by two. And then they beat Washington State. Uh, <laughs> Michael Penix can even watch the last field goal. <laughs> he he was had his head buried, uh, and they won that one. So they've kind of wheezed down the stretch, but they're twelve and zero. So um, we'll see. But yeah, they wouldn't be in my fantasy top four if i was making it up making the list up all right 828 espn 97.5 and 92.5 uh what ship talk is ship that talk we got uh, sound from a, ship from across the the sports world <laughs> people saying reckless things yeah um throughout so we'll, we'll get that scale going. of one to ten how reckless are we talking well debo samuel said some reckless samuel said some reckless stuff in the offseason and went back down from it and it pertains to their matchup against the Eagles coming up. So he's probably the most reckless. All the other stuff is probably pretty on point. Biggest game of the year. 
Biggest game. I of the thought year. the Texans Broncos the biggest game. Well, of the it's year. the biggest game of the year for the Texans. Okay. That's, a, that's not the. But San Francisco and Philadelphia. Yeah, the forty. That is a good game. It's not, it's I'm not glad the, they moved. It's not the, the biggest game. in terms of. Well, you do have some home field stuff, but well, not really. I mean, Philadelphia is in great shape. But this is really like these are two of the best. Teams. I just want you to know that I'm the top dog. This is a yeah. this is a positional who yeah. the alpha is game. That's absolutely. Right now, I'm talking about Doc Linville. I'm talking about, okay, talk about, are you somebody that needs a hat when you wear a suit? If you're somebody that needs a hat when you wear a suit, Doc Linville is here for you. You need Doc Linville. You have to have Doc Linville. Doc Linville is going to change your life. No more hats when you're wearing a suit. It, it, listen, it's so good to have the confidence of having hair. Uh, be it a, a bald spot in the back or receding hairline, whatever it is that's happening to you. Uh, you could be thinning as a youngster if you're young, in your 20s, 30s, 40s. All of a sudden it's thinning, and you're like, I don't want to be bald. You don't have to be bald. It's easy. The process is easy, and Doc is giving you 50 cents off right now on the procedure, on the neo-grafting. But there's a lot of you out there, I'm, I'm starting to recede. Well, you might just need the PRP which is really inexpensive, and it's a, a simple procedure, and it'll help stimulate the growth in your hair. So the, all of these things are possibilities, but there's one place to go, 975hair.com. That's 975hair.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. Back to the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Lance and John. Scratch that. Reverse it. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Ship talk. Talking ship. Okay? Because there's, there's a lot of it going on in sports these days. And Dell has compiled a few of them that he will illuminate right here during this segment. Dell, take it away. Last week, we discussed Tom Brady's comments. The fact you heard him talking about how mediocre football is. He blamed the rule changes for changing the way people are taught. Well, here's Alex Smith on, I think it was on. Well, and you got to tell him that Rex Ryan yes, is sitting there. The context of this is Alex Smith is on uh, one of the NFL shows on ESPN, and the panel is filled with members, or at least people who have played in the AFC East. It was Teddy Bruschi former Patriot, Randy Moss, former a lot of teams, but he did play for the Patriots. And as John mentioned, Rex Ryan, who coached for the Jets and the Bills. And this is Alex Smith responding. And you also hear the voice of Sam Ponder. And you, you, you can't see the face of Rex Ryan, but he's none too pleased with this conversation. And there we go. You've been in his position, <laughs> retiring, and then watching the game from a distance. Do you agree with Tom Brady? I mean, a, a lot here, Sam. Um, listen, first off, let me just preface this. I love Tom, the GOAT. But you don't need to say that. But yeah. You need to say it. Just get him. First off, he hasn't been retired that long. He was just playing. Like, he just won a Super Bowl in the current game. Like, is he discounting that one? Um, and then my, my biggest complaint with this, and, and no offense to you guys, well, all three of you guys, he played in the most uncompetitive division, I think, in NFL history. I mean, you come out of training camp, the biggest cupcake division, you Shots got a ticket fired. to the playoffs right away. Like, talk about mediocre. Like, I, I completely disagree with this. I, I know, I know he's, he's referencing the rule changes over the middle to the receiver, but in my opinion, I think the game's gotten better. There's more parity across the league. Quarterback play is at an all-time high, I think, across the league. Like the best, you've you've got the best athletes playing the position. We didn't have this 30, 40 years ago. Mm. That had a sting. <laughs> Rex Ryan is like you come out of camp going, and you, oh my god! You come out of camp and you've got a ticket into the playoff. Like, <laughs> it's kind of true, though. It was true. It was really true, right, Dell? Yeah, I was I was a part of watching Tom Brady do what he wanted to the, to the likes of Cleo Lemon and Ray Lucas and and Gus Farratt and Chad Pennington. Although Chad had one year when Tom Brady got hurt, yeah, I, as a Dolphin fan, I saw it was a terrible division, and Rex Ryan was a piece of that. This is a uh, this is going to hit close to home. Lance sent, sent this clip to me, but I found it as well. But this is C.J. Stroud on a podcast. 
he was asked to compare L.A. women to Houston women. Mm. And Mm-mm. sometimes you got to know your audience, CJ. <laughs> and so here's CJ comparing L.A. women to Houston women. And uh, I would say he's probably going to have to take this back at some point. L.A. girls or Houston girls? You know what's crazy, bro? <laughs> it's not even close. Mm. Oh, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm on, interested. On. I'm interested. Like, it's not even close. It's not close? No. So, which, where, what's the separation here? L.A., bro. It's not even close, bro. I love Houston. But That's crazy. It's not even close? It's not close, bro. I want to apologize to all of my sisters from Houston, Texas, bro, on behalf And I can't go into of, detail for real. I don't want to. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't have to. Long you story said what short, you said, bro. It's just like, you know, like being a California kid, you have pride about that. Like, right, right. You respect the, the hustle and the grind. You see the women right, go right. through where we're from. Yeah. I love Houston. Houston women are great. But for me, uh, L.A., bro, like. You can get a little bit of everything, bro. Out here, like, yeah, they got some varieties, but you can go to the Valley. You can go to the IE. You can go to LA. You can go to San Diego. You can go to Oakland. Like, it's so many spots you can hit. You know what I'm saying? It ain't just about women. It's just vibes in general. Just vibes. Just vibes. I, I and, they, and, they, and, like, and one thing about LA girls, like, they 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 real bougie. Houston yeah. girls are fake bougie. That, that's, that's- mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. CJ on the Ox Money Boardroom podcast, and he took LA girls over Houston girls. Well, that's fine. I think he went a little far with some of it, but you know that's his opinion. Um, he also went after Houston food, said it was get, too gassed up. He said maybe I'm not getting people told me the wrong places and all that stuff, which definitely can happen. And you got to know what his food choice is. But yeah, that was actually some people on in, in like that's one of those things that will. Mm-mm. It's like I don't think he cared about what the perception was. He was almost he said I don't want to go into details. But you got different varieties, different flavors out here. Like, I didn't even know what he's. Del, what did he mean by the different varieties of women and flavors? What do you. You know, what's the, the, imme- variety the immediate mean? thought may have been like maybe race related or maybe it just means how the women and how they act or their attitude depending on what city you're in, stuff like that. Because he did go on to mention the cities that you can find. Or I do areas think of LA California. has different, more vibes to it. If, you know, and I'm somebody who is. Followed the rocket, so I know about vibes. Yeah, of course. Uh, over they the last got Hollywood, years. there. How many girls go there for well, they that? Got Hollywood. They yeah. got, like he said, the Valley. Well, he heard, got... you heard him say, "LA girls are real bougie. Houston girls are fake bougie." Yeah, I'd like to know what that means. Actually, <laughs> well, mate, we'll go to go to practice and ask on Wednesday. <laughs> ask him what he meant. So, so we should for today. No, he's not available. Oh, no, Wednesdays. Today. Yeah, yeah, Wednesday tomorrow. Yeah. Um, here is we talked about the big, maybe the biggest game of the year, not Houston related. Debo, Debo Samuel is a San Francisco 49er. After their NFC Championship game loss to the Eagles, they talked. The 49ers talked a lot because their quarterbacks got hurt. They talked about playing with ten guys, and things would have been different if they were healthy. So what you're going to hear is the is Debo on a podcast with Lashawn McCoy and others talking about James Bradbury and then you're going to hear a reporter f- from the Bay Area referencing that comment and asking if Debo want to take it back. Here is uh, they're combined so you hear both. Let me ask you this question so Brandon I come out and say he did when he say he said that they was going to get exposed. The Eagles defense. What was he saying about yeah, that? Where's the holes? <laughs> yeah, right. Where are the holes? There's holes. No. There's, there's holes. It was some the wide open end. plays now. The back end. You got the all pro and the all pro the D line make him all make make both of them all pros. You know, so yeah. Besides Slay, I respect Slay. What about Bradbury? Dog. Trash. Bradbury is trash. He didn't want to make all pros. Did you see the play that Brandon had? The second play of the game, he got hurt. Purdy got hurt. Wait, time out. The separation, like it's just like it's football. You gonna make some plays? You term James Brad Bradbury trash. Oh, he was right back. I mean, I don't know that. So that was a reporter asking him. He said, I don't, I don't regret anything I say. That The first clip is from the I Am Athlete podcast, and that was Debo saying James Bradbury is trash. And they'll see each other this Sunday. Mm. And then he confirmed it. Yeah. The the reporter asked him, you want to take that back? Nah, I'll take it back. That wow. man trash. So that'll be, that'll be a subplot. If you missed it, like I said, the 49ers talked a lot about that game. And, and pretty much said, hey, if we had our healthy team, we would have we would have beat the Eagles. And so they'll have a shot at them um, in their game upcoming. If you missed Black Friday game, there wasn't a lot 
from that game that was memorable outside of what we're calling, at least the Jets fans are calling the Hail Mary. That was Javon Holland returning that Hail Mary for a touchdown. Javon Holland was asked about the MetLife field because Jalen Phillips, one of the young, good young pass rushers in the league, was injured towards Achilles. He's out for the year. So this is Javon Holland talking about the field at MetLife. You know, since being in the league, I've heard that field is trash. Um, my rookie year, uh, my homeboy ended up going down, Jamal Perry. So uh, kind of the same thing. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily – I don't know the statistics or anything like that, but I do know turf does increase the chances of getting hurt. So, yeah, no, nah, that feels trash. And we read off the list yesterday of all the prominent players who have had season-ending injuries, major injuries, leg injuries from that field, from Bosa – to Raheem Mostert, who's now a Dolphin, but with was with the 49ers. Solomon Thomas, who's now a Jet, but got injured towards ACL as a 49er. So, yeah, MetLife has claimed another victim, and that was Javon Holland talking about the field being trash. We got one more clip. This is local, Shingoon. Alfred Shingoon, as Lance calls him, Baby J. He was on a podcast, a, the Paul George podcast. He talked about a lot of things, but he talked about dra- the draft, his draft night, and his thoughts leading up to the draft about OKC because that was a place he was rumored to go, and obviously we're lucky to have him here. Here's Alperin Shingoon on potentially going to OKC and being happy it didn't work out that way. Actually, I didn't want to go to OKC that much. Like, And how I can say my OKC workout wasn't like maybe some of my worst workout I did since I came here, you know. It was really so hard. They said, you're going to OKC, but my agency was in my table, you know. He said, you're going to OKC, but... Uh, they're going to trade in Houston. But I don't even know anything about Houston mm-hmm. because I didn't even talk to them, you know. But they were telling me, okay, she's so boring. I hope not, you're not going over there. And I think, you know, when they told me you're going to Houston, I was a little happy, you know, yeah. because something to do over there, people said. Right. I was lucky it's a lot of Turkish people over there too, so mm. which just helped me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. Okay, she's so boring. It's just so funny. It was uh, I, the clip was promoted by a Rockets Twitter account, or not an official one, but a Rockets fans Twitter account, and it's one of the same accounts who got upset with Wimby because of his reaction when he found out he he wouldn't have to go to Houston. So it goes both ways. Shingun is thrilled he isn't okay. See, and Wimby, I guess, happy he's in San Antonio. Did you see on top of Pop admonishing the fan base for booing uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi Leonard. They misspelled Wembenyama's name on, on his that, jersey. Yeah, I saw that. He said it was a. He was asked about. It. Yeah, it's unfortunate. What are we doing? Spurs? We're having a bad. What week. kind of minor league ass organization are you? How about did you pop? Was, that's so embarrassing. That's, it is embarrassing for pop for paid. And then they fans kept booing, which to, I'm glad. Yeah, because pop shouldn't look. I'm not. I'm personally not a booer. That's a guy who quit on your organization. Yeah. I mean, I know Kawhi did a lot of great things. But it, it's complicated because he also literally quit. Like, he just decided he wasn't going to play one year because he was pouting. Um, he's got a complicated, you know, he, he could have been like the Tim Duncan of of a, a Tim Duncan part two, but he's just not like that. He's got some diva in him, and, and uh, we're talking about Kawhi. But for Popovich to to tell the fans to be quiet like he's Bob Knight or like mm-hmm. he's something like remember when that was a bad look. Remember when Sam Weish took the mic in Cle- in, in Cincinnati? Yeah, but then he – what did no, he, he say? No, he said – he said, stop throwing stuff on the field. We're not Cleveland. Yeah, right? yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, that was that was, that was was funny. They asked Kawhi about it, and he goes, yeah, they booed me here, but it's – it's quiet in them streets. Every time I'm in the streets of San Antonio, they, they come up and say, what's up? And, they, and I'm getting all these hands. You don't live in Cleveland. People want to take pictures. So apparently when people show up, see Kawhi and go face-to-face, it's all love in yeah. San Antonio. Yeah. But you know, well, obviously, from, a distance, how it works, but from a distance that he got booed. Come on. He, he, he's getting booed. Those are your home fans. Stop admonishing your fan base about what they can and can't cheer for. No, That's not who we that are. Is. We're a class like insane. That is to do it between free throws. You know, and the public, I know the public dressing house. Here, take the mic. Like you know, well, that's cr- during I know. free throws where you want them to miss. Honestly, Pop is so full of him. So Pop thinks he's the Spurs. He does. Pop actually thinks he's the Spurs. And while we may look at him as being the Spurs, that is such a dumb move to to try to tell your fan base like that missed the mark who you can boo, what you can and can't do for people who pay money. You just got done having the worst basketball team in the league. One of the worst basketball teams in the league. Got, again, and by are. the way, they ain't playing so great right now. No. 
Again, they are. They're terrible. They're terrible. All right, we got to hear from D'Amico. We haven't heard any from D'Amico. Uh, so we'll do that on the other side right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Right now, though, I'm talking about the Chastangs. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I love what the Chastangs do. I love that they are the integrity that they show every single time that you buy a car at Chastang Ford. I love the diligency. I love how hard they work. I mean, they're, the last car that I bought, it took a little while, and I was like, you know, what's going on? And he said, we are looking, we are working hard to find you the best interest rate that we possibly can. And because we got it from Ford and Ford just, it, their, their number isn't good enough. And so they went to, a, they went and scoured the banks and they found a better interest rate for me. And that's the way they do it. They're going to make sure that you get the best deal that you possibly can, be it with the car, exactly what you want, no add-ons, no markups. They're going to give you the rebates that you deserve, that they have available for you. They're not going to hold them back and then keep them themselves. They're giving you all of the best that they can possibly do every single time. I love my experience at Chastain Ford. You will too. You'll be part of the family. I Trust me, you buy one car from there, you're going to buy another. And they've got everything right now on the lot, pre-owned and new at ChastainFord.com. It's on 610 at Homestead, not Hempstead. It's just five minutes from downtown. Or you can do it all online at ChastainFord.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Watch out, door. I will not be murdered wearing a blue and white plastic cone on my head. It's positively undignified. John plus Lance equals a damn good start to your day. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. Hey, uh, D'Amico met the media yesterday, and he ain't mentioned no words, okay? Asked about they got to play better. I, you know, he said everybody's got to play better, CJ included. Got to play better. Here is the deal. We talked about it earlier in the show is that I don't. there weren't many on-schedule throws. It was all a lot of standing there and, and escaping and running. He He ran the ball six times, and those were all on scrambles. He threw 26 times, and he had four sacks. So, and, and the offensive line was bad. It was bad. And, and he, had to, he had to go and find, and he had no running game at all. Zero running game. This is, that, that's devastating. Yep. You know, two straight weeks you run the ball for over 100-plus yards with one back. Pierce gets back, and I noticed that they were running some gap scheme stuff with him, which is not the zone scheme. It's a different now. Now they're going to do both with with both running backs, but he's not a fit in the outside zone scheme, really, uh, Damian Pierce. So they're going to try to run some different types of run plays with him. But you know, when Singletary's not the guy, I felt like they didn't fully commit to the running game. No. Maybe they should have no, a they, little bit more. Well, they ran the ball between them eleven times between the two of them. They ran. 11 yeah, that's times. not really commitment. Well, but. When it was not going to be easy. Well, but, when, but 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 some of that's on Bobby Slowick, and we're going to hear from Bobby Slowick on tomorrow. Third. He'll be meeting the media. But you know, what about those play calls? What about third and one and fourth and one? Yeah, mistakes, mistake. But here's the deal: is Demico said, you know, we got to get back. We got to get on schedule. Talking about getting the rhythm and the timing. Jags did a good job yesterday of mixing up the looks on, on their defense, but there were also looks that that we've seen and looks that we made plays against. So we just have to be consistent with our with our reads, our progression, and we just have to continue to play within the rhythm and timing of our offense. That's where we have to reestablish that focus, right? And just recenter and just get back to the basics of owning our fundamentals when it comes to the timing and rhythm of our offense. Yeah. And he mentioned reads and progressions is directly a quarterback mm-hmm. um, comment. And I think, you know, I'm going to go back and, and look at it today, but I think uh, if you went on there, I think CJ for the first time played a little, tried to play a little hero ball. You know, he's feeling confident, but you got to stay inside that. You got to stay inside. I, I like the fact that he can make plays when he needs to, but don't look to try to make too much out of it. So do what you've been doing, which is, Take what's there and move on to the next one. Take what's there and move on to the next one. Yeah. Well, and that's a big part of it. A big part of it, number 10. A big part of it is 
you know, is taking what they give. Did he take what they were giving him? Mm-hmm. He had uh, the explosive play that was called back, which was ridiculous. He also, I love the Nico touchdown where he was sl- he slid in the pocket, he slid up, and Nico is crossing, and he hits him, and, and Nico run- goes into the end zone for 17 yards. That's a really, really nice play. But did he take what the defense was giving him? Here's D'Amico talking about that. With the movement that we'll get from many defenses, all defenses move post-snap, pre-snap. It's something with our quarterback, with CJ, that he's seen before. He just has to continue to go through his progression, right? really doesn't matter about the defense. It's about us as an offense dictating and going where we want to go with the football and getting the ball into our playmakers' hands. And if we handle that efficiently, that's when we play good offense. When we get off schedule right, and we don't, play on time and rhythm, then that's what you see. You see, we're kind of sputtering around there. We just have to be more efficient on offense, sustaining drives, right, continue to press forward. Well, you know, he's not – you're right. He's not mincing words. I mean, he just – he didn't like the flow and the rhythm nope. of that of that offense. I think his defense did enough uh, to, to help win a game. Yeah, they had their – you know, they had their breakdowns certainly, but when they needed to step up, they got some stops. They gave the offense a chance – and the offense had their opportunities. But that was a game where the Texans just didn't – it just wasn't in rhythm. It starts with a running game. You'd like to have that running game be more of a factor. Did Bobby Sloy get away from it? Was that just part of the game plan uh, in the install You know, on Tuesday because they install the offense and you got a game plan. And they may have just said, look, we're going to throw it a ton because we think that's the best way to move it on on Jacksonville. But that's hard. That, that just – would kind of be hard to believe. I could see it maybe with your scripted plays, but you know that the best way to help your offensive line is to be able to run the football, and it helps C.J. Stroud too as it pertains to to the uh, uh, to the pressure. So that Wait. was that was the offensive line's play was disappointing on Sunday. Oh, that's an understatement. I yeah. think I think it was his worst game. Tunsil Tunsil was not good. Did you did you get a chance to look at Juice Scruggs? Uh, no, I didn't even know Juice played. Oh yeah, Titus Tyler got hurt. No, and and Juice came in. I did. Like I said, I was uh, at the. Yeah, I was at the suite. I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in Juice was actually a sighting. So and he you was, missed it. So he played left guard, and yeah. fans still played right tackle. No, but I'll definitely focus yeah. on that. How bad is Titus hurt? Uh, it was pretty bad. He was he he was he was carted off actually. Yep. Carted back to the locker room. Yeah, they that, mm. we heard. Did we, have, we haven't gotten any update. Me, that's a guy who hadn't played football in over two months. So mm. and Juice Scruggs. So I'm interested to see what the tape looks like yep. on him. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be Juice going forward with Fant and Dieter and and Shaq Mason. Listen, nobody played well. No, none of the offensive line played well. Nobody. That'll be interesting to see what the grades are from PFF. Although it's hard to trust PFF and what they say, but I can say with my human eyes, nobody. But nobody played well. They gave a good report to um, to your guy uh, C.J. Stroud. They had a good grade for him. They did. See, and that's the difference. Is it sounds like based on what D'Amico says, he and Bobby, especially Bobby Sloak, would probably give a little different grade on where the ball was supposed to go or the progressions, stuff like that. But based on what they saw, PFF had a pretty good grade on um, um, on C.J. Stroud. Yeah. I'll take a look at I'll take a look at what the Texans. Um, with the grades for for this game, I've got them right here. From a from a depth chart standpoint, here I'll just click depth chart. Let's take a look. Who do you who do you want? You want to ooh ooh yucky. Titus Howard's grades. Are no, good. he was bad. He gave up a sack right before he got hurt. Just right. Titus before he... Howard's grades for the whole year are atrocious. Yeah, he's bad. No, his bad. grades right now. It's gonna be one of the worst in pro football. Yeah, he's at forty six point eight on their grades. He had a forty eight point three uh, for PFF, a zero in pass block. Oh, he got hurt pretty early. Okay, yeah. whose grades are worse, Titus Howard's or or your kids who doesn't go to school? Yeah, mm. snacks. Well, he, Which he actually snacks, or... snacks grades are better because HISD is such a joke. They just let you make up. <laughs> There's no such thing as zeros. You eventually can just mm. turn any slop in and get a fifty. Like. When we were in school, you decided you weren't going to turn it in. That's fine. You just made that choice. Mm-hmm. And then every choice has consequences. Now kids are taught at school like, eh, you're not really. Don't worry. We'll give you all semester to make this is up. It, is the issue he's discovered women and that's why he doesn't go to school? 
What's uh, the deal? Well, Have you pinpointed has, it? Snacks has discovered women starting last year, yes. I think he's just he's at a new school. He's at his brother's school. He was at a different school. And so he has to try to be cool. I don't know. He's hated school since he was in kindergarten. Most kids like going to school. He hated going to school from the very jump. But that's where you see the the girls. I know he likes girls. He's, but he doesn't make enough appearances. It's it's an I think it could be an issue potentially. Yes. I'm still trying to get over how bad Titus Howard is. Titus Howard might be the lowest graded. He's the lowest graded Texan in football. Like just Texan overall? Yeah. I Worse than Tavir Thomas was? No, no, no. I'm talking about for the year. Okay. Denzel Perryman is actually graded worse. Denzel Perryman is the lowest graded Texan in PFF, followed by Titus Howard. Then comes... How much did they pay Titus Howard? Houston Carson. They paid him a ton. I'm the one that said, don't pay him. Let him play this year, see how he does, and then make a decision. By the way, they say this is going to be a historic, um, a historic tackle draft where you will have at least six, maybe seven tackles going in the first round. I was like, what? So, yeah, and now we've got... Now, Titus Howard's not playing tackle, and I thought he was an awful guard when they tried to move him there his rookie year, so... He's out of position, which doesn't help. But my gosh, looking at these, looking at these PFF grades, Henry Tooto is a forty-three. He's even worse than Denzel Perryman. Awful. All right, we got to break it. Semo, your boy Cashman is almost a ninety. Semo, yeah, he's good. No, they've got Cashman, him at like all pro level. Cashman has been fantastic. The Houston Texans best. Who are their four best starters? We'll have that oh, on the other side. On the other side. On the other side. See who you think. See who you think. Who are their four best starters? Uh-huh. When we come back right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Right now, though, John Clay Wolf talking. I, I saw a big tweet. He was he made about Teslas, that they're not really electric cars. I don't know what it, the point was there. But John Clay Wolf is he's buying up. It doesn't matter what it is. Now, it does matter what it is. It can't be a really, really cheap car. It can't be really inexpensive. He doesn't want to deal with that. He's not dealing with beaters. He's selling them back on, uh, uh, he's selling them at auction. So they have to be, have some value to them. So if you've got a, if you've got a beater, he's not, not really interested. If you've got a car that's five, six, seven, ten, fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars, he's very interested in all of those cars because, they, those are cars that he will give you more for and then try to get more at auction for. So because I, the, the value of the more expensive car is really, it's really incredible. And he's he, the guy knows, this guy knows. He knows when, when you call his radio show or you go right to the website, uh, gimmethevin.com, and you put, in, uh, you put in what the car is, he'll come back with a number really, really quickly, and it'll be a number that you're going to go, wow, I didn't know I could get this much for it. But you can't. You can when you go to GiveMeTheVin.com. You're looking to sell your car. There's one place that you have to go. GiveMeTheVin.com. That's GiveMeTheVin.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Home of Odin Finch. Odin Finch. I'm Odin Finch. 